Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This, this, this is, is, is Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 774. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your second boxing offering of the week. Even though there's no boxing to preview this weekend, we thought we'd just round up a little bit of news and get stuck into some of the conversations that you're having all over social media and with your friends that are also into the sweet science. Before we get stuck in, head to our website, fightdisciples.com. You can get every single feed under the sun there. So however you want to consume this podcast, you can. Thank you very much if you have gone to our YouTube channel and subscribed. I can see that the numbers are rising. So obviously people have listened to the show earlier on this week and they've realized it's a freebie, man. Just hit the button and become part of the family. Uh, so if you do prefer to watch uh, your podcast, you can do via our YouTube channel. Fight Disciples is where we are at on there. Go and get yourself stuck on in. As I said, no boxing to preview, but a little bit to chat about in there. A little bit to chat about. Before we get stuck into that, um, can you just clear up a message that you sent me earlier on this morning? Have mm-hmm. you been for a ma- have you been for a massage this morning? Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain more? I didn't know that you were doing this. <laughs> it wasn't like a rub and tug. It was a proper sports massage. You know what I mean? It was the proper gear. Go on. I've got I've got a bad shoulder at the moment, so I'm getting a little bit of a uh, little bit of work done on my shoulder. That's all. Just to, if I can get the old body beautiful back. That's I've not been able to train for months, and instead of just. Uh, Doing what I did in my twenties, and that's do fuck all for a week or two, and just let it heal itself. When you get to a certain age, you've got to you've got to get the body, got to get the body going. So yeah, um, been going to the Concordia Clinic in Liverpool. They've been giving me a little bit of a rub down, a little bit of hot cup, a little bit of the hot cup action. Oh yeah, just get a bit of cupping, get a bit of cupping going on, just to just to get the body working. Right. It's all good. And do you know what? I feel great. I started a couple of weeks before I went away, and uh, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm closing in on getting back to the gym, man. Well, at the very least, back to doing a bit of swimming. Okay. Have, ever, have I ever told you about my massage story? Oh, here we go. Now, it, now this will be a rub and tug. Settle in, kids. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I've, I've been traumatized um, in, in, uh, in the world of massage. And this all kept, this is, this is fucking. How long have I been married now? Been married 11, 12 years. So this must be 15 years. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Just make sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've been married. Clearly. Yeah. No, it is. Because I was on holiday. I was on holiday with a girl that oh I was seeing God. at the time. Right. So I've, I've gone on holiday with this lass. And um, it's quite a nice hotel. Quite a 
and it had spa and all this type of shit. And she chirps up one morning and says, do you reckon we should have like a little bit of a spa day and all this type of thing? And I'm where, like, yeah. Where are we here? Where are we here? Are we in Portugal. Are we... Oh, I'm no, overseas. I'm abroad, mate. Yeah, I'm abroad. It's, I'm not, it's not Thailand, no, no. No, 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 no. Make no, no, that no, no, clear. No. Okay. Right. So, um, we go Portugal, down... nice hotel, yeah. spa, yeah. She massage, you're all in. Okay. She books us in and it's one of them where you've got the nice... Uh, uh, house coat, oh. they call it, don't they? The old, got the old robe on, got the old robe on, got me swim shorts on, got flip-flops on. I'm down in the thing, I'm chilling out, right? And these two human beings come out of this, uh, <laughs> come out of this, <laughs> behind this glass. One of them is an absolute fucking worldie, right? An absolute worldie. So I'm thinking... She's mine, right? She can rub me down, absolutely. Because at that time in my life, I'm a pig, right? That's just the way it is. The other end, let's just say, probably could qualify for the Olympic shot put team, right? Biggin. So anyway, the, uh, the last I'm seeing goes off with a worldie. I gets the shot putter. Sound, no bother. So I'm thinking, so, well, she's going to give me a good idea, isn't she? Right? She's a big, strong lass. She'll, yeah. she'll give me a proper rubdown. Mm-hmm. So it gets in and uh, she said, right, get yourself uh, prepared. Obviously in broken English because she wasn't English, this kid. Um, get yourself prepared on the, on the thing. So I lies myself down, shorts on, towel over me, as you, as you normally do. I've had a couple of massages to that point. I'm thinking that's how we rock and roll. She comes, back, she comes back in and she goes, uh, shorts off. And I went, eh? If you went, shorts off. Now, I mean, if I were in England, I'd have told him to fucking jog on because I know the rules in England. Right? But I'm in Portugal. I'm in my 20s. I'm thick as fuck. So this I think, is how they do it. This is how they must do it, mate. Right? So, someone's got a camera somewhere, man. I'm getting violated in a minute, aren't I? So, so shorts come off. She clears off again. Shorts come off. And I'm like shitting my fans now. So towels over me and all this type of thing. So anyway, she comes back in. So you're laying down flat, are you, at this point? Towel over On my front. On my front. Down. Towel. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Chest down. Head in. It's got one of them little uh, holes things. So my head's uh-huh. in this little... Right? So I'm fucking like down. Comes in. Absolutely bricking myself. So she comes in, adjusts the towel. So the top, the top crack of my ass is out. But she's covering okay. me up. So I'm thinking, all right. Yeah, so yeah, she yeah. just wants to get into the lower back. So anyway, she, away she goes. Massaging away. Oh, mate, outstanding. One of the most outstanding massages you've ever had in your entire life. Then, I think she's finished. I think she's finished. She goes, turn over. And I went, no, 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 it was just back. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Turn over. Right? So I turns over. So she starts doing my chest, arms at the front, in the, I'm thinking, oh, this is, yeah, this is all right. This is sound right. So she's giving me a proper rub. Then she gets all of my legs. Right. <laughs> She's da- so there's the Toes bed. and calf, not a problem. Mate, yeah, mate, but the bed. So the bed's in sections. So she drops the bottom part of the bed down that where my legs were, where my knees were. So she drops the bottom uh, uh, part of the bed down so she can actually stand in between my legs. Bear in mind, I've no shorts on. One of my legs goes on her shoulder. <laughs> Mate, 
this is supposed to be an incredibly relaxing scenario, right? Yeah, exactly. I am fucking petrified. <laughs> She's there then, hands right down my leg like this. Every couple of seconds, give it a little flick of the bollock. <laughs> That's one leg. Gives one leg a good go. Next leg gives next leg a good go. <laughs> anyway, it finishes there. Nothing else happens after that. But as you can see, that is a true violation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. yeah absolutely. So it finishes, comes out. Like I said, girlfriend at the time. She comes out fresh. She's fucking nice little glass of champagne on the fucking sunlight. You're, you're trembling with a cup of tea. That <laughs> comes out like this. And she's like going, you're right, you're sitting down. I said, no, we're not fucking sitting down. Pay and get upstairs quick. Let's get out of here. I don't know what's coming next. Uh, mega. That's hilarious. So, so yeah, mate, I, I, I get the shakes every time I, uh, every yeah. time there's, the a, best there's a massage thing is... on the table. Mate, that masseuse, she must have finished. She must have finished and went back to her mate in like the fucking rec room or wherever and went. He, you should have seen him shaking like a chitten dog. And she went, Please tell me you didn't put your, his leg over your shoulder again. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. 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 I no, strictly professional, strictly professional sports. You know me, I'm a sportsman, I'm an athlete. So it was the full athletic rigmarole, yeah. Tremendous. Right, now that that's out of the way and people are probably chuckling along to themselves, let's get into the serious matter of what's been going on in the world of boxing this week. We're going to talk about, obviously, uh, the circus in Riyadh. We'll talk about an appeal with the WBA. We'll talk about three-minute rounds uh, in female boxing. Uh, and we'll also talk... I know I've just chuckled again, and I shouldn't chuckle. Every time I think about it, it just gets mad, crazier and crazier, the story, uh, the situation with Paul Mack. All right, so we'll get stuck into all that throughout the course of this. So do stick with us. Like I said, you can subscribe to the Fight Disciples podcast, and we encourage you to do so. Um, can we please stop calling press conferences, press conferences? Can we just call them PR rallies, right? Yeah, exactly. Because they, because they are not press conferences. A press conference is when respective people of the media rock up, yeah, with a pad and pen, and, the and ask questions. Yes, and get to ask questions <laughs> to the dudes on the top table. They don't just sit there and go, "Fucking hell, this is like propaganda, isn't it? This is this is a rally for whatever you, nonsense you're selling us." Let's stop calling them press conferences, please. Media day. I could get away with media day, can't we? Because the media are intention are in attendance to take in whatever it is that you are sending their way. Press conferences, it just doesn't wash no more. No. Did you enjoy the PR uh, PR rally yesterday? Did you enjoy it? I, enjoy, I tuned in to watch it and uh, expected a press conference. And f first of all, I sat through 45 minutes of red carpet. It was a little bit like the Creed 4 premiere or something. Ooh. We'll talk red that, carpet. That, was, that was quite interesting. People end up with a, with a bloody nose and whatever else. But that was a bit different. You know, it was, it was you know, it, it, it was what it was. Um, and then obviously the, the junkets. Or the the rally, I guess you would call it the the media rally or the 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 Riyadh festival rally took place, um, and I was quite listen. I'd be lying if I said I didn't quite enjoy it. It was you know the context of it still doesn't wash with me, but quite clear. Listen, I'm fully aware of who's paying for it now. I'm fully aware of what Riyadh season is. I had no idea what it was before, but apparently it's kind of a big deal. 
Um, and he had everybody out. Everybody was on the best behavior. Everybody was reading from the same the same song sheet. And um, hopefully everybody is happy. Checks are in the posts. <laughs> We're moving forward with the Riyadh Festival. Or oh, just on that point, and here Tyson talk about this. The poster does look amazing. Those yeah. two in the, in the costumes looks incredible. Honestly, it reminds me of uh, the the nativity. Game of Thrones, isn't it? Mate, it's like the oh, nativity. The nativity. <laughs> it me of the nativity. We were just two kings short. That's all. Just like Tyson there with his frankincense and 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 Ganu drinking the mare. Because is is mare a drink? I don't, I don't know. know. Either way, poster looks amazing. Yes, costumes, fucking sound. I get it. Who come up with the name? Battle of the Baddest. That's the best name they could have come up with. Battle, not to you know, not to, not to take a cheap shot here, but Battle of the Baddest. Why not just call it? Why not just call it Baddest Man on the Planet? Easy. Baddest Man on the Planet, and it, it works on every level. Battle of the Baddest. Fucking <laughs> hell! Do you the shittest about it. name it's it's possible. Battle of the Baddest. What does it even fucking mean? What does it mean? Make it make sense. Just call him baddest man on the planet for fuck's sake. Anyway, that mm. that aside, name aside, you know it was uh, it was exactly what I expected it to be. What did you expect it to be? Uh, a sales, a sales Pitch. junket for yeah, a sales junk for the Riyadh festival. Riyadh Festival apparently is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and this was the most amazing way to kick it off, is by having this fight. And listen, Sam, man, listen, someone's got to pay for it, because Las Vegas would never pay for this fight, because the pay-per-view numbers wouldn't pay for this fight, the money it's getting. The only reason this fight's taken place is because the Saudi Arabians have put up astronomical money that nowhere else on the planet could possibly compete with, because you will never make that money back. This money won't be returned in pay-per-view dollars. This money won't be turned in pay-per-view pounds. This is m- making a loss, categorically making a loss. Yeah. But when you're the, with all due respect, the sovereign kingdom of Saudi Arabia, they don't give a shit. Throwing a hundred million <laughs> at a couple a of, at a at a circus fight with a couple of heavyweights. Eh, is that all? Hundred million, Sam man, whatevs. But what they're doing is, it's not about this fight. No, and we, we briefly had a chat about this yesterday. It's not about this fight for Saudi Arabia. What Saudi Arabia are doing is every heavyweight fight, whether it's the rematch with Andy Ruiz, whether it's AJ versus Usyk, whether it's Tyson Fury versus Ngannou in a, in a, in a charade circus. of a fight, circus of a fight, what it's doing is creating a common narrative. And that common narrative is now... All the big heavyweight fights in world boxing are in Saudi Arabia. That's the new narrative. And you can't disagree with it. And that's what they're doing. They're buying heavyweight boxing, just like they bought golf, just like they bought, they're they're trying to buy football and cricket and everything else. Mm. Saudi Arabia own the heavyweight division. Fact. Fact. And this is just proof of that. I don't really... I don't think they really care about Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou like the rest of us. Nobody really cares. Nobody's really itching to see it. You can sell it as much as you want. Even Bob, poor old Bob, probably stoned to bits. Looked like he was going to fall asleep. 
He was just like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, great this, isn't it? Mega. Eee. No one's that enthused about it. <clears throat> Canelo, even the WBC, the belt they've come up with, got, it's just the Riyadh belts. They, even them haven't even got the imagination to do something interesting. Just call it the Riyadh belt, shall we? Yeah, go on, whatever, yeah. Sam, as long as everyone gets paid, cool. And they will. Everyone's going to get paid. And this is a business. Yeah. And that's life. I've got I've got a couple of thoughts on it, right? My, my 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 overriding thought is, as you're kind of alluding to a little bit there, heavyweight boxing is embarrassing. Boxing's in a good place. We say it all the yeah. time on the show. Every other weight division is moving in the right direction. We're making undisputed fights. The best are starting to fight the best. Boxing fans are starting to get the things that they've been craving for such a long, long period of time. Correct. However, the heavyweight division is in total contrast to the rest of boxing. It is, without any shadow of a doubt, in an incredibly embarrassing state. Now, if somebody is to benefit from this complete and utter shambles, I'm delighted that that person that is benefiting from it is Francis Ngannou. Correct. Absolutely delighted. He is an incredible human being. We've been fortunate enough to spend a bit of time with him. His attitude towards everything in life is incredibly inspiring. He dreamt that one day that he would be here. He swam oceans, this fella. He's climbed mountains, this geezer. He has gone above and beyond to make his dreams come true. Fill your boots, buddy. Fill your boots. They've let you in. Absolutely make it while the sun shines. And that age-old saying of don't hate the player, hate the game is absolutely prevalent when I think about this particular moment for Francis Ngannou. I'm delighted for him. And I hope he's getting a ridiculous amount of cash. And yeah. I hope that everything that he dreamt of when he was in those sand mines is now starting to live out. We know what the reality is in our little echo chamber of hardcore boxing fans. We know what the reality of this is. But for him, this is a dream come true. And I'm Correct. delighted that he's absolutely getting that opportunity to be able to, to live that out. Ultimately, though, this, for me, highlights the state that boxing is in with the mainstream slash casual audience. Like mm -hmm. I said, me and you live in this crazy little echo chamber. People who are watching our podcast and listening to our podcast, I would class them as hardcore boxing fans. You're here. Well, maybe you're here just because you fancy a little bit of a laugh, but I would just I suggest that the majority of people are here because they're proper boxing fans. They want to see the best fight the best. They want to see the best boxing matches. But the money in this sport, the money in, in boxing or the attention span is really with the casual mainstream audience, right? And this is the overriding thing that really makes me sad when I think about this particular fight and other fights kind of along this same ilk. The undisputed heavyweight championship. Think about that when I say it. Undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. There's prestige that comes along with that. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the premier prize of our sport. The premier prize of our sport. In fact, it might even be classed the premier prize of all sports, if you are the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, you're the dude. You are the guy. Think of all the people that have held that status over the years. The thing is, the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world in the modern day, and this is fact, given what Nick's just been saying two minutes ago, doesn't generate more finance than this circus. Fury, I don't know if you've seen Carl Froch's YouTube channel. I'm a big fan of it. I love listening to Carl Froch talk about stuff because he just spits it straight. 
Uh, he's allegedly had DMs with uh, Tyson Fury. And Tyson Fury told Carl Frost that Ngannou is his biggest payday to date. And it was worth more to him financially when they were racking the numbers up than the fight with Alexander Usyk, which is what I'm referring to, the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship of the World. Yeah. Now, I've spoken to Tyson Fury on several occasions in the past, as I'm sure you're fully all well enough, aware of. He has never, ever, ever once expressed any thirst to be the to become the undisputed heavyweight champion. In fact, he's gone contrary to it. When I've, I suggested it to him, he says, I'm not asked about belts. I couldn't give a fuck about belts. I couldn't give a he's shit about it. At some stage in his career, he's held, he's, he's held them all. He has no desire to be the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. So if you have, if you do not hold that status in any type of prestige and someone comes and presents to you the easiest payday of your life, can you really blame him for going, yeah, fuck it, yes, I'm not really asked about any of this type of carry-on. There's a shitload of dough here for a nice little dance sound. I'll go and take it. In reality, boxing doesn't actually care. No. About this. It doesn't care about it. The WBC, think about it. You've just been talking about this belt. The WBC are allowing their champion to do this thing. They should be forcing him. If they care, if they genuinely cared about boxing and they cared about the sport and they cared about the integrity of the sport, they should be forcing him to fight their number one ranked guy or trying to help him unify the division and have the status of their champion, the WBC champion. He's the undisputed Correct. champion. He's the main guy. That's what they should be doing. They've made an honorary belt for this pile of shite in, in the Middle East, mate. They won't sanction three-minute rounds, by the way, for Amanda Serrano. I'll get to that in a minute. But they're more than happy to sanction some type of absolute nonsense belt in the Middle East against the geezer that has never, ever boxed in his life before. I think the, the general conclusion from me anyway is that I'll start taking Tyson Fury's career seriously when Tyson Fury starts taking his career seriously. Six world title fights the fellas had. Six. We're told consistently, aren't we? This is the greatest heavyweight of our generation. He's had six world title fights. Three of them are against the same fella. He's defended his world championship twice. Three of them, sorry, he's defended it three times. Two of them are against two fellas that he's beaten up quite comfortably in the past. There's a fella in this era, by the way, that has had uh, 12 world championship fights, seven world title defences. Now, I'm not saying he's the greatest. I'm just saying men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie, do they? Mm -hmm. It is a shame that boxing is in this situation, but it's in this situation because over the years, sanctioning bodies, television broadcasters and promoters have been consistently serving you shit shite. They've been telling you that Leighton Orient versus Accrington Stanley is the Champions League final because of some bullshit belt attached to it. And you, because you've got a brain, have been watching this shit develop over 10 to 15 years and you've gone, hang on a minute. You keep telling me all this hot air, you keep telling me that this is the best thing in the world and then when I turn it on, it's a pile of absolute wank. I'm going to lose interest. That's why there's been a boom and people going towards MMA and the UFC. Because you are getting the best against the best. You're getting what is being promised to you. And that is why attention spans of the mainstream that I was referring to, the casual audience, has actually gone away from what we class as proper boxing in our little echo chamber. 
They're not interested anymore. People are starting to leverage social media audiences, use boxing to make themselves a shitload of cash. That's why we find ourselves in this situation where the best boxer on the planet, the best heavyweight boxer on the planet, is taking on a guy that has never boxed before. Just comprehend that. He's never boxed before, but yet somebody out there is willing to pay more money for that than the best fight on the planet. That's the reality that we find ourselves in with boxing right now. And that's how he's getting a career best payday because there's no percentage splits. There's no... And Ghani was worth exactly what someone judges him to be worth. And right now, as long as Ngannou get was offered more than $8 million, which, according to Tyson Fury, he's going to get $10 million, then he was always going to sign the dotted line. We spoke extensively about this is a one-shot deal with Ngannou. He's got one opportunity to do this, whether it was against Fury, whether it was against fucking Otto Wallen, whether it was against Daniel Dubois, whether it was against fucking any heavyweight, fucking anyone, anyone half-decent. Because more than likely, Francis Ngannou, who's never had a boxing match in his life, is going to get beat. So there's only one way you can spin it on the biggest stage, and this is it. And whoever's sold it to the Saudis, whoever's gone out to Saudi Arabia and said, listen, forget about Usyk, forget about AJ and, 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 and Wilder, forget about the, the leading contenders in the heavyweight division. This is the fight that needs to take place. This circus fight between... The former UFC champion, the current WBC heavyweight champion, that demands a fee of this much on it. And again, there's only one place on the planet where this can be sold, mm -hmm. and that's the Saudi Arabia. And for the exact reasons I said earlier, because they are, they've put this in a tin to go. Our goal, short term, is to own heavyweight. Never mind boxing. We'll we'll get to boxing down the line. We'll we'll, we'll destroy Las Vegas when we're good and ready. Right now, let's just own heavyweight boxing because heavyweight boxing is separate from other boxing, but it's the biggest stage. It generates the biggest numbers. It generates the most eyeballs traditionally in the history mm -hmm. of the sport. So let's just own heavyweight boxing. And this has just been thrown, This, you know, this is very shrewdly been thrown into the mix. You know, there's a big, there's a big headline here. Again, they fucking blew the headline. Battle of the baddest. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they blew it. <laughs> Baddest man on the planet, quite simply, will be crowned on this date. That's how I'd have sold it. That's how I think anyone would, would have sold it. It's bizarre that he hasn't been sold that way. But just when you look at those numbers, when you pull those figures out, you know, Tyson Fury has faced four men in world heavyweight title fights. Like, that is just, when you think about that, and two of them were domestic rivals that he beat handily before. Now, don't get me wrong. The win over Klitschko probably eclipses any win by any active heavyweight in the world today. That's still the marquee win. And mm -hmm. the, the trilogy with Wilder, one of the greatest trilogies in the history of the sport. Certainly one of the greatest trilogies in the history of the heavyweight division. Don't get me wrong. Those two moments punch. That's why Tyson's at the top of the tree. That's why we say Tyson Fury's best heavyweight on the planet. It's based on the trilogy and that one performance out in Germany. It ain't certainly ain't based on anything to do with the cash grab that was uh, Derek Chisora part 17. And we could all see a million miles away that he was going to be, there's levels to this game and he was always going to be levels ahead. Um, 
It's just difficult because, as you say, the, the statement you've just made there is the statement that true boxing fans should stand by. Take I will take Tyson Fury's career seriously when Tyson Fury takes his career seriously. But does Tyson Fury see himself as a pugilist? Does he see himself as a professional boxer? Or does Tyson Fury see himself as an entertainer? This is a man, by the way, that has told us repeatedly that he would fight for free and all this other bollocks, and he'd give his money away to the homeless, and he drives a Volvo and all this garbage. But he's clearly motivated by money. Otherwise, he'd be out there trying to prove himself to be the best boxer of this generation, built on more than just two opponents. But again, we live in a crazy time. This would not have happened at any other period in history. But right now, it's the golden goose moment where the Saudis are willing to pay exponential amounts of money for anything related to the top tier of the heavyweight division. And Tyson Fury's cashing in. And should we begrudge him that? Should we begrudge him? Should we look down our noses at oh, Warren no. and top rank and everyone for being able to get 70 million on the table from the Saudi Arabians, 60 million more than likely into Tyson's fucking back pocket, 10 for the opponent. We're all getting a percentage. We couldn't give a fuck about undisputed. This is it. This is what this game's all about. Making money. But I tell you what, I don't think it does. I don't think it does anywhere near a million pay-per-view buys. Anywhere does it near. fuck? Does it fuck? Anywhere near it. Does it fuck, mate? It doesn't pull. It doesn't pull them that type of numbers. Absolutely nowhere near does it pull them numbers. But like you say, it had a massive sight for you, and that's why he's here. But going back to what you said a second ago, I don't begrudge Tyson Fury for doing it. And it, and everything I said about Francis Ngannou about not hitting the player, uh, hit the game, absolutely kind of resonates a little bit as well with Tyson Fury. I am boxing purists will have prestige on the undisputed status, right? I know that Usyk has prestige on the undisputed status. We've spoken to Lomachenko about it. There's certain fighters out there that do have it, but if you take a step back and analyse it properly, undisputed status ain't going to pay mortgages, is it? It's not going to fucking put your kids through private school. It's not going to buy you a fucking Ferrari. It's not going to do this, that, and the other. The prize fighters at the end of the day, and they're dealing pounds and pence. And if someone's going to throw you a fucking ton of cash... For the easiest night's work. This is the easiest night's work in his professional career. The easiest night's work. You can't really begrudge him for taking it. Yeah, you can get pissed off because he's promised you AJ. He's promised you sick. He's taught this. He's taught that. He's done this. He's done that. You can get, of course, you can get pissed off. That's why, that's why I feel the way that I'm feeling about it. But when you actually take a step back and analyze the decision to do it, you go. Yeah, I can understand why you're doing it, mate. I can understand why you're doing it. Why wouldn't you? Fuck it, Crash grab, Crash grab in rehab. There's your poster. There's your name of the podcast. Cash grab in rehab. That's what it is. Yeah, man. That's what it is. And I love Francis. And I love, you know what? I love Tyson. I love being around the guy. I think, again, some of those moments in his career, the Wilder trilogy... Some of the oh, greatest yeah. fights I've ever attended, certainly for the heavyweight division. We've been around Francis. We know his story. We know everything about him. He's a Hollywood movie waiting to happen. And it would be incredible for him if he was to land a lottery punch. But I ain't getting sucked into that stratosphere because guess what? I've been there. I've seen it. 
And you've seen it at a higher level. You've seen it at a higher level. The better press conferences. Exactly. Like I was watching yesterday and I'm thinking, this is nowhere near McGregor Mayweather. They're nowhere near near on that level of salesperson as Conor McGregor. Or fandom. You know, as much as as much as Nganu's story is incredible, and it is his, his personal story to get to where he is in life right now is nothing. Sh- if they did a Hollywood script, it'd get thrown out for being OTT. That's how yeah. that's how incredible it is. However, even when he was UFC champion, he didn't do anywhere near the kind of numbers Connor would do. He would do 300,000 buys at the most. And by the way, that wasn't Francis. That was his opponent. That was Stipe Miocic, the, the most successful heavyweight UFC's ever seen, who was pulling in those kind of numbers. I would mm-hmm. I would count it. So, so yeah, listen. But, but again, this isn't necessarily about pay-per-views. It isn't about this. It is about that. It's purely about the sci-fi. It's purely about Tyson making more money in this fight than any other fight that's currently available to him. And when you look at the flip side of the coin, it's a Rocky-style moment for Francis and Ganu. It's kind of like Rocky versus Apollo Part 1. Okay, uh, obviously, we cover MMA a lot, yeah? I have never referred to anybody as the lineal heavyweight champion, by the way, in MMA. No. Ever? No. I like it, though. Mate, you've got to, you've got to find something to spin this shit, haven't you? You've got to find it. You've got to find it. Listen, you fucked up the name of the actual show, yeah, Battle of the exactly. Baddest, and now you're making up terms. You're making up terms for people that don't exist. <laughs> Do you know what? Listen, the, the, the one thing I will say is, and this this should have been really jumped on, and he and he was again typical Tyson saying outlandish shit that he'll never back up. But he was like, I'll beat you in a boxing ring and I'll beat you in the cage. At that point, oh, Francis should have gone, right, here's a contract. I want that. I want that as part of the contract. We fight in Saudi in a ring. Then you fight me in a cage. Because Tyson's Adam, oh, I'll beat you in a cage. I'll, I've, I've trained with Darren Till. I did 45 minutes once with Darren Till. I'll beat you in a cage. Like, fuck off, Tyson. Jesus Christ. But if I was mate, Christ, I'd be like locking mate, in again, listen, the, he mentioned John Jones as well, right? Let, let's just get this straight for for boxing fans that maybe are bought into what he was saying yesterday, right? One, he is never stepping into a cage, Ever. right? He's not stupid. He is never stepping into a cage. All this chat, four arms gloves, I'll knock him out and all this type of stuff. Now, listen, if he stepped into a cage with John Jones and it was MMA rules, John Jones would fold him like a pretzel. Right, that's just what would happen. Yeah, let's just leave it at that, shall we? Yeah, it'd be it'd be even more one-sided than this fight's going to be. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. The cash grabbing rehat. There you go. We've sold it for you. You're welcome. Um, there might not be too much cash on the uh, on the table for David Adelaide and and, uh, and Fabio Wardley. What the fuck? Um, obviously a fight that I'm a huge fan of. I want to see that fight. I've, I've made loads of noise on radio, made loads of noise on here. Listen, I wanted to see Fabio Woodley against Fraser Clark. We all know what happened there with the purse bid pullout and all that. David Adelaide got himself into a situation, got ordered by the uh, British Boxing Board of Control, make the fight. Come on, lads. We want to see who the best of the best is. This is great. Fantastic fight. And we're led to believe that it's going to be on the undercard of this in Riyadh. Don't know if the British Boxing Board of Control Lonsdale belt is going to be on the line because obviously it's taking place outside Britain and traditionally that doesn't happen. Uh, but listen, the fight's happening. Or is it? Because on this red carpet yesterday, fucking all hell broke loose. I like David Adelaide. Met him on many occasions. He's a very well-mannered, well-spoken lad. Yesterday he was out of order. There was a little, I don't know if you've seen all the videos that are connected to this, but I've, wa I've watched this properly. And Adelaide's having a little bit of an altercation with somebody off camera whilst Fabio Wardley's doing an interview. I think he's doing the interview with Raheem. So he's doing an interview with Raheem over here. Adelaide has a, an altercation. He's, he's only verbals. He has a bit of a verbal with somebody. I'm assuming that it's something connected to Fabio Wardley. I, that's only an assumption. Then... Fabio Wardley obviously sees what's happening and he steps out of the interview to try and it looked like to defuse it. I don't I think Fabio Wardley was being aggressive in any way, shape, or form. It looked like he was saying, hey, you know, David Adelaide loses his head and pushes aggressively Fabio Wardley backwards. Then, out of nowhere, I assume again, I don't know who this gentleman is, one of David Adelaide's mates or someone connected to David Adelaide, steps into the uh, path of Fabio Wardley, cracks him with two shots. Fa Fabio Wardley then steps backwards. The same guy, it's the same guy. If you follow, there's loads of different video angles of this. So the guy that steps out from behind the camera, cracks him with two shots. Then it all kicks off. That same guy then ends up on the back wall where Fabio Wardley is then obviously thinking to himself, right, it's going off. I'm going to walk into this fucking fire. He walks into this fire. And then that same guy, Cracks him with a left hand. And Fabio Woodley, whether he goes down off the left hand or he goes down off the tripping over something, I don't know. But he ends up hitting the floor, doesn't he? Now, the overriding mess of this is that I'm told... Um, uh, who was it? Declan Taylor. Declan Taylor put this out on uh, his social media. Make sure you follow Declan. Fantastic guy. De uh, Declan Taylor put this out on his social media saying that Fabio Woodley is now... Speaking to a plastic surgeon regarding a cut that is on his chin that is probably going to require stitches. Now, if that is the case, if that is the truth and that is come, it comes to fruition, Fabio Wardley is not going to be permitted to spar. Mm -hmm. We are, what, six to seven weeks away from this particular fight. There is no chance, if that's the case, with if he has to have... Uh, the stitches, he can't spar, he can't prepare properly. There is no chance that that fight takes place on October the 28th 
on the undercard of this. Mm-hmm. Absolute stupidity to find yourselves in that situation. The biggest opportunity that you that you could have had have on the undercard. On the undercard of this fucking circus. And we just told you that the casual eyes of the world are going to be on it. And you are in an actual proper fight on the undercard. You could have turned up there that night, delivered something special and become a little bit of a star yourself and your career goes into the fucking stratosphere. But no, because you lost your temper, you lost your composure, your mates jumped in, who might have fucking cost you an absolute bag of dough. Absolute shit show. Embarrassing. Embarrassing situation, that. Yeah. And like I said, that fight, I'd, I'd be gobsmacked if that fight, if what I'm to, uh, told by Declan Taylor on social media about that injury, if that is true, there's no way that Fabio Wardy would be making that fight on uh, October 28th. Well, there's a big question mark over the fight anyway. And that was even that was highlighted even more now because of what, what's happened on the red carpet. And the British Boxing Board of Control simply won't stand for it. You know, and they're going to be pissed off anyway that this that the that that, that Tyson Fury is entering into an exhibition rather than taking on real fights. But more than that, it's the fact that the undercard is being littered with a potential, you know, what would be a, a, a strong British title fight. So I didn't see all that. I didn't go back and look at it all because you know I'd, I'd spent over an hour watching it, and that was more than enough. But I did see the uh, the cut. I did see a little bit of blood on uh, on Fabio Wardley's face. Uh, so I knew something had gone on. I just didn't know to what extent. But what a fucking shit show. Absolute idiots. And David, Adela- David Adelaide's mate or whoever that person was that put hands on Fabio Wardley should be prosecuted. That's quite simply it. Tax someone yeah. in the street. Should be prosecuted. End of story. Idiot indeed. Uh, indeed. Um, we'll stick with Queensbury for a bit because uh, they've, but they've put in their uh, appeal for Daniel Dubois. Oh, Dubois. Triple, D. Triple, triple D. Triple D. Have you read the appeal? Did you see it? Now we'll see how uh, how strong Frank's relationship is with um, with the WBA. If this was the WBO, oh, I'd, be like, I'd be like, Easy, he's getting a rematch. He's getting <laughs> a rematch. 100%. But with it being the WBA, I'm not too sure because you know the WBA like they look after WBA people, so it's. Have you, uh, have you read the? Have you read it? Have you read the appeal? Uh, no, I haven't read it. No. Mate, let me read well, this. Right, um, I'll read the second paragraph because the first bit is just basically painting out some uh, T's and C's. So the second paragraph is belting this. Approximately twenty seconds into the fifth round, Mister Dubois landed a body blow that dropped and severely hurt Mister Rusick and seemingly crowned Mr. Dubois the heavyweight champion. However, the blow was incorrectly adjudicated as law by Mr. Pabon. Instead of being knocked out, Mr. Usyk was given a substantial recovery period which allowed him to regain his strength and continue the bout without impediment. Now, listen. I like it, man. I'm off. I'm off. You've got to fight the corner, aren't you? You've got to spin the spin. Oh, Tyson was spinning it like fuck yesterday as well. But that's just not factually correct, right? Mr. Pabon, the referee, has adjudicated a low blow, all right? Now, in adjudicating a low blow, he has given Mr. Rusick, I I like this Mr. stuff when we're talking boxing, Mr. Rusick, the allotted time to be able to recover. And that's how that played out. 
Mr. Dubois still had a shitload of time in order to take advantage of the injured person and do what he needed to do. Now, okay, we can sit here and we can argue all day long as to whether it was or it wasn't law or not. We can come to a conclusion maybe with the WPA that Mr. Pabon got that slightly wrong. It wasn't law. But in the moment, he judged that it was, and that was the circumstance that, that, that played out. What we can't absolutely categorically say is that that shot crowned Mr. Dubois, the heavyweight champion of the world. We can't say that because nobody knows that if Mr. Pabon started counting, would Mr. Rusi get up? Would he get up? I think he'd have attempted to get up. And if he would have got up, then what would happen in the aftermath? Would he be able to skirt around for two and a half minutes? Would he get out of the way of Daniel Dubois? We don't know. Nobody knows. It's all pulling out of the sky. It's brilliant, man. It's a brilliant effort. But there's no way that anybody can absolutely say, yeah, he should be the heavyweight champion of the world. Um, <laughs> we're going we're to do a rematch. And if, he, and if they do, let's just say they do. What are the other sanctioning bodies going to do? The IBF are waiting to stick fucking Ergovic in here. Mm-hmm. What are the rest of them going to do? Are mm-hmm. they going to scatter them belts? But that's Come what on. they want. Come on. Yeah, but that's what they want, though. I know they that. Want, they want the belts to be scattered. They don't want mm-hmm. Usyk to have those three belts. I know. So they're doing everything they can to get them off him. I know. I know. Anyway. Um, good luck. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens with the WBA. As you said, let's see how tight that relationship is. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. That's all it comes down to, that relationship. <clears throat> um, now, monumental there, this. Because for the best part of seven, nearly eight years now, we've been telling you that we want three-minute rounds for female championship fights. We've been telling Correct. you. And- Parity. And... We've spoken to many fighters over the years about this situation and the general consensus, and I'll use Clarissa Shields as an example. She said, listen, yeah, I'm up for it. I'll do it. But you've got to pay me, man. If you want me to do more work, I want more dough. As mm-hmm. we would all say the exact same thing. You want me to do some overtime? <laughs> then I'm going to get paid for that overtime. I ain't doing it for free. And I understand that. But what we've also said on this show is that promoters are probably not going to go first. Broadcasters are probably not going to go first. It's going to need a bit of a trailblazer or maybe a partnership of a trailblazer with a promoter to be able to do it. Amanda, who'd have thought that Jake Paul would be involved in this conversation? But (laughs) Amanda Serrano uh, and her promoter, Jake Paul, I take my hat off to you because there's a lot of people out there that are saying that they're changing the game and trying to push this game forward. This is a proper push forward. This is a proper game-changing situation where Amanda Serrano yep. and her opponent, don't get me wrong, her opponent's in on this as well. Daniel Ramos. Has obviously been supported by, is it MVP promotions, uh, Jake Paul's promotional company? Mm-hmm. Correct. So she's obviously been waiting financially in order to be able to do this. And she's pushed forward. I want parity. If we're talking about parity in the sport, if we're talking about making it boxing rather than female boxing and male boxing, then for her to say... I'm going to do 12 threes is an absolute massive tick from everybody here at Fight Disciples. Fair play to you. And I hope that this is just the start of something very special going forward. We'll remember this moment. Amanda Serrano, you were the one. Thank you. Yeah, but I'll also remember the moment that Solomon from the WBC said, no, they're not. Not with my belt, they're not. Why is that, Mr. Solomon? 
Oh, because they're little weak women, that's all. And they shouldn't be able to fight for 12, three-minute rounds. They're not strong enough. It's absolute fucking bollocks. And it's exactly Did you see what, what he compared we... it to? Yeah, he compared it to fucking tennis, didn't he? <laughs> it's just absolutely fucking insane. Honestly. Tennis! But don't get me wrong. Endurance, man. I've played long tennis matches myself. Physically, it is tough. I can't remember anybody punching me in the head, though, during that that, that physical exactly. altercation, mate. Absolute madness. Insane. Absolutely insane comments by the old men that run this game. But we've been telling you for fucking almost eight years that what is holding women's boxing back is not the women. It's the old men in blazers that run this sport, whether it's government bodies, bodies, whether it's TV executives, whether it's promoters. Because right now, women's boxing is still in a pigeonhole. Yes, it's entertaining. Yes, it can main event. Yeah, it can even be the main event of a pay-per-view, as they've proven in recent times. But, you know, it's not the same as men's boxing, is it? It's not the same sport. They don't do the same number of rounds. They don't do the same duration of rounds. That's exactly why they wanted to keep it different. It's this old granddad approach, oh, you know, you know, better look after the girls. And I think historically, when we look back, because hopefully Serrano and Jake Paul did defeat him and go, well, fuck the WBC, fuck you, Solomon, you old, you old twat. Wake up and move on with the times. Women can fucking do exactly what men do. The only comparison that needs to be made is the UFC, where female fighters do five, five-minute rounds in championship fights. And guess what? They get the same opportunities, both in terms of coverage, in terms of pay-per-view, in terms of main card, and more than anything, in terms of finances. And that is the true reason why women do two-minute rounds. Yes, there's a real conversation about depth. I get that, depth. But when you're talking about elite women, the Serranos, the Taylors, the, the, the Chantel Camerons of this world. Who came out yesterday. Who said, and, fucking three-minute rounds, yeah. Yep. Call me in, absolutely. And you know why? Because they're starting to realise, Adam, that these old men will be gone soon. And the sport will have changed thanks to people like Jake Paul and thanks in many ways to people like Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn's been a huge advocate of women's boxing. This push forward is unstoppable. You've let the, do you've let the door open, boys, and the girls have taken over sound. Now the girls want parity. Now the girls want to get paid the same amount the men get paid. Well, you can't because it's different. You know, it's two-minute rounds. These are three-minute Sound, give me three-minute rounds then. The change has happened now. You can't close the door. You can't push them back out. Change is coming. Regardless of what Solomon says and all these other fucking old bastards, change is here now. Three-minute rounds, there's the line in the sand. And every female boxer at the top of the sport, they all have to follow suit because guess what? If you end your career now, and I'm speaking to, let's say, Clarissa Shields, top of the tree, the number one female fighter on the planet. Clarissa Shields built a career, this incredible five-weight world title career on two-minute rounds. In Clarissa's lifetime, world title fights for women across the board will be three-minute rounds. Historically, we will look back and go, remember Clarissa was the GOAT? Yeah, but she was the GOAT of the two-minute round era, wasn't she? And she will always have that attached to her. And that's why Amanda Serrano wants change, both financially, but historically. The sport is changing. And if you want to be looked back on as one of the greats in female boxing, there will be a massive fucking asterisk next to your name if you're in the two-minute round era. Yeah, she was good. But, you know, compared to today, where the girls do three-minute rounds, phew, Clarissa Shields wouldn't last in five minutes with world champions of today. The sport is changing right in front of our eyes. 
Serrano face through the gates. As you say, it's mad that fucking Jake Paul is played such a huge role in this seismic change in the sport. Across the board, Chantel Cameron is right. Chantel Cameron should refuse to face Katie Taylor unless it's three-minute rounds. Unless it's three-minute rounds. Because historically, two-minute rounds, that's the end now. At this level, that is the end. Brilliant and sensational from Amanda Serrano. (laughs) Sensational from Jake Paul. No surprise, the very same day gets announced. They come out and say Amanda Serrano is the highest paid female boxer in the sport. Exactly. Because she's getting men main event money because she's doing 12 three-minute rounds. There's no more denying her. She ain't getting half the money because it's half of this. Nah, man. You're the main event. You get paid. Chantel Cameron versus Katie Taylor should be getting paid. They won't be because it's over 20 minutes. Make it 36. Let's fucking have it. Uh, we'll finish on Bormack, shall we? Right, take a shot. Go on. No, stop it. <laughs> so just to get just to just to give you the information as we well know it. Mm. Bormack flies into Manchester to corner Chris Eubank Jr. He enters the UK on a private plane with Eubank Jr. to do the media, everything else. He's in Manchester, they have the fight. Then on Sunday night, he attempts to leave Manchester via Manchester International Airport on a commercial, on a public plane. You know, he's boarding a normal flight, a scheduled plane, a scheduled flight back to America. It's at this point, his luggage, not his hand luggage, his cargo luggage is scanned. In his cargo luggage, they find a gun. They find live ammunition. He is pulled from that flight. He is arrested. He is taken into Manchester police station. He is charged. He is then told, right, you're now going to uh, jail. No bail, because that's the way it works in this country with live gun. And he's got to now wait until October the 6th. We will have his day in court when we will hear the full truth. But that's kind of how, because a lot of people are saying, how the fuck did he get the gun in? Will he come on a private flight? Have you ever mm-hmm. flown private on a private jet? It's a different airport. It's a different hangar. It's a different terminal. Basically, if you've got money to fly private, you ain't with the cattle class. You ain't going through all the mad security checks. It's a slightly different approach. Was it overlooked? Absolutely. Should it have been picked up on when he landed? And as Kate, of course it should. But the arrivals at the types of airports that take private planes are very different from international hub airports like Manchester Airport where these kind of scanners would ne- not necessarily have picked up on it. But, mate, seriously, he's fucked, and he's doing time. He, he ain't going to get out of this. I know a lot of American fans are like, yeah, but, you know, PBC in it, man. You know, they'll just get the lawyers on it. He'll be out of there in a week. He won't. He will not be out of there in a week. He won't be leaving that Manchester jail until his court case on October the 6th. And if he walks free on October the 6th, I tell you now, I will be incredibly surprised because having a gun with live ammunition in an airport, never mind, anywhere in the UK, you get arrested and chances are you're doing time in an airport. He's fucked. And I can see him getting five years. Well, listen, like you say, it's a legal case. I don't want to speculate on what is and what's not going to happen, but fuck it, just the mentality of it. Ooh. I just don't get it, man. Obviously, there's a very different attitude towards weapons, guns in America 
than there is probably anywhere else in the world, isn't there? So to just even have that with you yeah. when you're on the air for the weekend. Yeah. Madness. Absolutely. I'm just checking that date. Madness. It's October the 9th, if you want to put it in your diary. Monday, October the 9th, he's in Manchester Crown Court to answer on gun charges. Just on that as well, and again, you know, we're not privy to all the information. We're putting this together from the police reports, from the timeline of how he arrived in the country and how he was due to leave in the country. But let's say you're BOMAC, and let's let, let's say you fly on a private jet and you come through a smaller airport and you're fucking sorted, blah, 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 blah. And you've been traveling, and he does travel a lot. Obviously, he's got a lot of fighters. He's, I mean, I mean nothing but good things about BOMAC. I've got no yeah. reason to believe he's done anything wrong. I, I would suggest he brought the gun in and the ammunition. It, he left it in his bag rather than he purchased it in fucking Moss Side or whatever, whatever other nonsense. I'm guessing, I can only speculate, but I'm guessing it was in with his dirty undies. And he's forgot about it because... What? <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't take no, it out. Oh, I didn't take it out. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, is that in my bag? Oh, yeah. fucking hell. I forgot about that. You d- but, how would you forget about that? But how fucking... Like, again, we're not American. I'm not a gun owner. No. I don't live in states in America where you can have a gun and take it from state to state or carry it or have it in your car. It, it happens. You know, we, we've been around enough Americans with loaded guns in fucking bars in America to go, this place is fucked. But let's say for, for argument's sake, then he, he flies in, he gets to his Manchester hotel, he opens his bag, he's getting his fucking shreddies out and all that, and he goes, shit, I brought Big Bertha with me. Bollocks. <laughs> I've left that in from that previous trip I went to. I fucking totally forgot. I had me fucking M16 with me and me full round, obviously, because, you know, you need a full clip. Shit. Right. I tell you what, I'll just fucking leave it there. Stuff it under me dirty undies and say fuck all, and it'll be sound. It'll be all right. Do you know what I mean? Like 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 a kid's going to Ibiza when you're 18 and you've got two joints worth of weed stuck in the side of the sock or something. I'll take that to Ibiza and smoke it on the beach. No one will ever you fuck it. I'll stick it there. No one will ever know. Surely, being a fully fledged adult, he's gone. Shit, that's a problem. Surely, he's got enough between his ears to go, huh? I'm pretty certain that's against the law in the UK. Pretty certain I can't have a hang on and a full clip in the UK. Okay. As an adult thinking straight, I think what I should do is contact the local police and go, sorry guys, you won't believe what I've done. I've brought a lot, it's in my room, it's a loaded gun. It's got, but I've got a full clip with it. I brought it on a flight, a private jet. It didn't flag up at the airport. Do you want to come and get it? Do you need to come and speak to me about it? I don't know what the procedure is, but I can only have... Had he done that, had he been taken into custody and voluntarily give it up and everything else, I think there's a way out then. I think there's a way out to go. Kid, he's made the mistake. He voluntarily went, come to my room and get it. It's mine. I've got a license for it. I can show you the certificate, whatever else, but it's a mistake. I've brought it by accident. The fact that he's tried to smuggle it out and think no one will notice and he's just got away with one. I think that is what's going to fuck him in court. Because the million dollar question is, where did you get it? Did you bring it in? Well, you've according to this airport relay, we've got the scans. There's nothing showing there. So we're going to suggest now, you bought this in the UK. 
You're taking it back to America. Prove you haven't. Honestly, the guy's in a fucking serious situation. And I don't think 90% of American boxing fans realize just how serious this is. Mm. And yeah. I, I seen one mega conspiracy theory yesterday that Errol Spencer's team stuck it in his bag so he wouldn't be available for the rematch. <laughs> oh, Errol. Oh, no wonder you've ignited that rematch clause, kid. It's got no corner, man. What a mess, man. Mate, Strange Ways boxing team, next five years is going to be legit as fuck. What a mad little show that we've put together there. There's no boxing on this weekend. No. Mad little show. Talking about some crazy thing in the Middle East, an appeal with the WBA over some dude that they believe should be a world champion. Three-minute rounds of women, progression. And then potential trainer of the year is currently in a nick in Manchester. Manchester. He was probably thinking, four weeks' work with Eubank, easy money, happy days, get me a little 10% of a pay-per-view. Yes, Chris, I'll do your corner, not a problem. Turns up, Chris turns on a worldy performance. Hey, I look even better now. That Hall of Fame registers on its way. Cheers, thanks. Thanks, Manchester. I've been Brian Beaumont McIntyre. I'll see you soon. Excuse me, sir. Can we have a word? (laughs) Honestly, we shouldn't joke about it because it's a very serious situation. Incredibly serious. And I'm I'm making light of it because of how ridiculous it is. But genuinely, genuinely, he's fucked. He's in a serious, very, very serious situation. Mm. Um, as I said, no boxing to watch really this weekend. A couple of obscure fights here, there and everywhere. So if you are a fight disciple and you like your MMA as well, UFC 293 will uh, provide your entertainment, no doubt. Uh, and we'll be back on Monday to give you a full review on that. And we'll try our best. Well, do you know something? Boxing's a mad game. I reckon over the next three days, there'll be more news stories for us to get stuck into. Absolutely. Uh, on Monday's show. So we'll uh, produce a show for you Monday. And then we'll obviously next Thursday look ahead uh, to the boxing that is coming up. Please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Go and get stuck in there for all the audio feeds and please subscribe to us on YouTube. That's where we're trying to grow the audience, all right? So if you are a subscriber that just listens to us on audio, great, that's brilliant. Love you. Keep coming back there. But there's no harm in just hitting the button on on YouTube. You don't have to watch us if you don't want to, but just hit the button on YouTube and subscribe to us. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.